okay, let's dig into some good news. Um, I'm kind of half watching online here to see uh, how this video works because um, I want to make sure everything's clear. Okay, so uh, as we get going, dig into all this this morning, um, I, uh, I'm going to encourage you guys to comment in the comment section, interact. Uh, don't have like super long conversations because that's hard because then nobody else can read anything else. But keep it, you know, say hello to each other and all that fun stuff. Uh, if it's choppy anywhere, uh, I think it's going to be more smooth on YouTube. Hopefully Facebook was a little bit better today because I tried to turn off everything else on my computer, all the extra tabs, just so that uh, um, it'll go smoother. So hopefully it's a little better. Oh, it's okay. It's 1530 in the UK. And really great to have you part of this. Do you know Paul Anderson Walsh, by the way, Ria? I hope you do. If you don't, you need to. He's, he's an awesome guy and he lives right where you are. Um, also, uh, if you are going to comment and we don't know who you are, tell us where you're watching from. So Ria just did from the UK. We have Howard from uh, British Columbia. We have Robinson from Pakistan. So that's pretty cool. Um, so let's get in. Today, I want to do part two of last week. Um, we were talking about Easter, a better story, and I want to do a continuation of that. It kind of blew up this week as I start to go deeper in this good news of what's with this Easter story. It's not just a TV show of there's Jesus, Rose Medet, hey, that's wonderful, on we go. There's much more to the story, even the whole Easter story. There's some uh, sub stories that we've not been told about, or we were led to believe uh, there's only one narrative for how this played out. Today, I want to talk about what happened to us, but I still need to finish up last week's uh, quick chat. And uh, let's take a look at what we did cover. Last week, we covered the idea of the two crowds. Uh, sometimes people were asking, well, how could a crowd that said, crucify him, crucify him, be the same crowd that say, uh, Hosanna, Hosanna the week before? Uh, that sounds pretty fickle. That in People use that as an example of how fickle humanity is and all that stuff. But last week, we kind of zoomed in and said, hey, ah, they were different crowds. Don't buy into that story. There's more and a better story to it. Then we took a look at the abandonment of Jesus. Did, Jesus, did God the Father turn his back on Jesus? And we covered it last week. I don't believe he did at all. Even though he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Uh, he was only quoting Psalm 22. And however that was, can I go back and watch last week's? It was really good. So today I want to finish the Easter weekend story with the idea, and this won't be long, but this is important. The first resurrection appearance, he appeared to women first. Seriously, when we have a Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, that is so patriarchal, um, so driven by men, um, heavy-handed rules on women, even some impressions that uh, men are to lord it over women, which is ridiculous. Um, Jesus was the first women's liberator. If you take a look at all of the stories and parables, the miracles, who he reached out to, he was most gracious to the women, lending them to, because he knew they were pushed down. And there was a male-dominated society. And he went out of his way to reach down, lift them back up to equality. So just like men have messed it up by lording it over women, there's also women who try to lord it over men. And the, the women's lib movement was supposed to be about uh, equality, but now it's about dominance in, in many ways. Unless, depends where you hear it from. I think we're to serve one another. Submit one to another, not wives submit your husbands. 
um, in Philippians, it doesn't even say that. We'll get into that later. It says that in your English Bible, but it's not in the original Greek. Um, it's just not there. So anyway, I think, I think this idea of Jesus showing up to women first is a symbolic uh, or, or a restoring of equality in a male-dominated world. I want to show you this cartoon that I found from uh, uh, Dave Hayward. He's called The Naked Pastor Online. Um, this is hilarious and scary. It says, so ladies, thanks for being the first, first to witness and report the resurrection. We'll take it from here. Hmm. Very, very funny and uh, scary. Uh, I don't think women are given enough um, credit throughout the Gospels, throughout uh, the New Testament letters. Uh, this, there are women leaders in there. So anyway, this is, I just want to make that point that Easter is, is, yes, it's about our resurrection, which we're going to talk about now. It is about the resurrection of Christ, but it's also about Jesus becoming the great equalizer. Uh, no one is greater than anyone else. Gender is not the issue. Love is. And that's a big, big lesson today. I hope, uh, uh, yeah, David Hayward's great. I, I really like his cartoons. Um, it gets pretty radical. So, but look them up, folks. You're going to find some really powerful cartoons by this guy. Let's keep going. So, uh, what happened to us? Uh, the cross happened. Uh, Jesus rose from the dead, but where do we fit into the story? Um, I'm going to warn you so nobody can say, well, that's a lot of scripture. I don't know if I can, oh, it's really boring seeing all those words on the screen. Well, guess what? I think we need to take a look at some verses that point to a better hope-filled perspective than what we've been told. So honestly, that's, that's what's going to happen today. I got lots of great stuff. So what happened to you and I? This is really important. This comes to the uh, idea of knowing our identity in Christ. And if you've been a part of Hope Fellowship for any period of time, you're going to remember or at least have heard identity matters. If you don't know who you are in Christ, you're going to be trying to find some meaning in life, some value in life, some purpose in life, if you don't know your meaning and purpose in Christ. And so I want to really lock into some powerful truth today uh, that when Jesus died, you and I also died. All right. I'm going to prove all this as we go. Uh, when Jesus was buried, we were buried. This, this all happened at the cross. When Jesus rose from the dead, we rose with Christ at the day of resurrection. When Jesus ascended, we ascended. Now that's going to be strange to some of us, but it's real. We are a new creation. The Bible tells us that. So I want to dig into some uh, really helpful um, uh, scriptures that prove what I've just read to you. Those things, when Jesus died, we died. When Jesus was buried, we were buried. When Jesus rose, we rose. When he ascended, we ascended. Uh, I want to show you from the Bible that it's true and where to find it. So that does beg me a question though, before I read this Ephesians text, um, do you trust your Bible? I do. I trust the Bible. Now we can get into, hey, which, which translations are the right ones? Which manuscripts are the more accurate ones? You know what? Um, I think when, we, when it comes down to the foundational truth of who Christ is, uh, we can see all those clearly in almost any translation, almost. Um, uh, so that I don't want to get into. I believe the scriptures are inspired. 
Um, in fact, I had one person said, I think it was Brad Jurzdak. He said, I believe in the inerrant word of God. And when he turned 18, he grew a beard. <laughs> love that. Just love that. Uh, Jesus is the inerrant word of God. The Bible that we have is inspired. There's much we can learn and will learn from it. I have high respect for it. So let's, let's get into this Ephesians chapter 1. And by the way, you can go back and uh, uh, re-watch this later if I go too quickly. But that's the beauty of internet and uh, rewind or go backwards in your video. Um, and uh, th these verses are going to be important. I want to go through them quickly, otherwise we're going to lose people. I just know how it works uh, online. So listen to this. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as a love gift from our wonderful heavenly father. Okay. Just that verse alone should tell you something. Have you gone into a grocery store and seen a shelf missing, uh, like totally empty? And you think, oh no, I lack suddenly. No, you don't lack. The real you, your oneness with Christ lacks nothing. The great provider lives in you, through you, as you, with you. You're in union with him. So this is a reminder that every spiritual blessing has already been lavished on you. You don't need to beg God for anything more. Lord, I need new patience. I need more patience. I need more love for others. I need more. No, you don't. You don't have to ask for any more of anything. You've got it all in great abundance, which is really cool. Let's keep going. Uh, all because, okay, what, where is this? Um, love gift from our heavenly, wonderful Father. The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. All because he sees us wrapped into Christ. So this is a gift from the Father because he sees us wrapped into Christ. This is why we celebrate with all of our hearts. Do you want to know how God sees you? Do you ever wonder how God views you? Do you ever think that God the Father sees you differently than God the Son? <laughs> I used to. I used to think I had to really tiptoe around God the Father because, man, he's, he's ticked off so easy. But here it's saying it clearly that we're seen wrapped into Christ. In verse 4, he chose us to be his very own, joining us to himself even before he laid the foundation of the universe. Because of his great love, he ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with an unstained innocence. This is a whole sermon right here, that he chose us to be his very own, joining us to himself even before he laid the foundation of the world. Okay, I have too much to cover, so I can't dig into that one. But if that one gets you excited, go read it later and keep reading before and after. Go all the way through. There's a great context there. If you need to know how much you're loved by God and how much you're accepted by God, this is a fantastic text. Oh my goodness. It's good news. I love good news. All right. Foundation. Let's begin with a really, really important foundation. I wanted to get into um, all the stuff that happened to us, but again, I realized we have to take a look at a core foundation. We don't, some of us don't even know who Christ is. Sometimes we just think he's a storybook person or a, uh, uh, he's part of a storyline or a man who came. Listen, Christ is the foundation of all that we believe and all that we are. And how you see Christ matters. So if you don't see him as 
for all he is and how big he is and how interconnected he is with all of humanity and all of creation, you're going to have a, a reduced view of him or an incomplete, which we all do anyway, because none of us can see his fullness. Um, but I want to show you something very exciting today. Here it goes. Christ is all and in all and holds all things together. Do you trust the scriptures? I do. I have read certain scriptures over and over and over again. Um, Cause I grew up in a church family, had to memorize Bible verses as punishment. Usually I had to write them out a hundred times whenever I did something bad, man. I, uh, yeah, that was my upbringing. But anyway, um, uh, I've read a lot of key verses, had no idea what they meant. And here's something exciting for you and I. I'm 51, I think. Yeah, 51. And I still am uncovering those same verses that I've read forever. And I'm finding hope and joy in them. It's like a whole new meaning. It's like a, a layer got peeled off. I was like, wow, I never saw it like that before. To me, that's exciting. So if you've read the scriptures your whole life, you're well-churched, guess what? Um, you may have gotten yourself into a, a vicious cycle of boring, you know it all. And if you hear something that's contradictory to what you've believed, you reject it right away because no, 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 that's not, that's not what I believe. Listen, be teachable, not gullible. If you hear, okay, by the way, let, let, me, let me say this. Ask the Holy Spirit instead. So if you hear something, oh, that's not right, careful. Take that, that's not right thought and say, Jesus, here's this thought I just had. That ain't right, what I just heard. What do I do with that? Can, is there something I don't know? Is there an insight to this perspective I've not been told about? Soften me, teach me something exciting and new that I may not have known, something maybe that I need to know. And that's how we take a look at all this exciting good news. That's my hope for, for all of you, that uh, we'll take the good news we're hearing, and if we've got this weird, that can't be right, that's heresy. Listen, you, you're not allowed to call it heresy because an individual can never call something heresy. You, it has to be a council or a group of people that has to do that, and even then, uh, if you look at what heretic is, it means standing independent and thinking on your own for yourself. It's pretty powerful. So let's get into this uh, Colossians 1. Again, this is now about the foundation of this Jesus we say we believe in, the one who rose from the dead. Do you even know him? Do you even know how great of a person this Jesus is? You're going to love this next part. Colossians 1, 15 to 27. Now I picked a new living translation just because for, for what I'm going to read now, it's really easy to understand. Listen carefully. Christ this one who rose from the dead, is the visible image of the invisible God. All right? Jesus came to reveal the Father. Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He's the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. That's a big line. Supreme over all creation. Why? For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. Wait a minute. I thought God the Father created everything. Isn't that what I've been taught? Well, guess what? 
God, the Father, taught, or sorry, created all things through Christ. Christ is the creator. Oh my goodness. He made the things we can see, the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Listen, not everything is as it seems. Everything we see around us, it's, we only see a small portion of what's possible to see. We can't see light waves. We can't see sound waves. We can't see uh, things into the quantum world. That's, it's not possible for our eyes to do that. There's more going on around us than we possibly know. Okay? This is, this is a huge text on that. Everything was created through him and for him <laughs> that's really cool he existed before anything else and here it is here's my favorite line and he holds all creation together the new american standard bible says he holds all things together oh let's keep going colossians uh 1 verse 18 this is where we head into the church christ is also the head of the church which is his body he is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. Oh, okay. Who rose from the dead? Well, I'm going to contend with you that all have. Therefore, he's supreme over all. All right? And we're going to find those verses a little later. If we don't get to it today, we'll get to it next week. So he is first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in in Christ and through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Okay. Remember last week we talked about uh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Well, where's God in this picture? Some people say God turned his back on Jesus because he can't handle sin and blah, 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 all that stuff. Well, hang on. This just shows us that God in his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. Where was God when Christ was on the cross? God was in Christ. He was in Christ reconciling everything, the world to himself. Okay? God was not absent. The Trinity cannot be separated. We're addicted to dualism and separation in this Western world. I don't know where we got it from. Well, I kind of do, but I haven't got time to explain all that. It's a whole different talk. But here we have a powerful reminder that God was in Christ. So are you getting the picture of how big this Jesus is that we're, we're talking about? Let's keep going. Verse 21. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemy, separated by him. Listen, there's the word separation. Somebody's going to go, aha, see, separation. It's real. No, 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 no. Not so fast. That's what you've been told. Now read carefully. See what this says and read it from another translation too. This is really important. This includes you who are once far away from God. You were his enemies separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. This is the separations up here in your mind. It's your perception, what you believe. That's where you're separated. There is no actual separation. There is no objective separation. There's only a subjective separation in how you feel and think. Your subjective separation does not align with your objective union. When your objective union becomes your subjective truth, it changes everything. Um, I think it was Paul Young. Oh, shoot. Somebody's going to have to help me with this. Um, um, when the way 
when oh, when the way of your being matches the the uh somebody type that in because that's ah oh, darn but that was a really cool line from paul young um when our what, what is true of us is then lived out in 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 our day-to-day -day, when our actions prove and show and reveal our true identity um everybody lives out what they believe and if you believe incorrectly you're going to live out an incorrect incomplete uh less joyous life and i think through christ we've been given everything and we can live joyfully this is good news all right ah oh, darn time's flying here all right let's keep going uh yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. Okay, this is a done deal. You have already been reconciled. Everyone, you, me, we have been. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence. You are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Listen. I have a hard time with that sometimes. Not anymore, but I sure did because I sure saw my faults. How can God see me as faultless uh, if I see all the faults in me? Uh, so I make my perspective much greater, much higher than God's perspective. And that's not the way to live life. I want to know how God sees me. Here's, here's what happens. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world. And I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. Wow. This is big. I should get my hat. I have a hat called this is big and it's, it's, it's just over on the, on the door. So Lorinda, thank you for that. <laughs> and James too. I don't know who, which one of you was the uh, one who created that for me, but the good news has been preached. Let's believe what God says about us. Let's see that we are already reconciled. You don't have to try to get reconciled. All right. I haven't got the slide ready for the definition of reconciliation. I've, <coughs> I've taught on it several times. So, I don't want to keep going on that. Um, but here's something, something else. There's a little tiny line in here that um, those who are dispensationalists need to listen to. It says the good news has been preached all over the world. All over the world. It's already been preached all over the world. Hmm. Hmm. What could that mean? Well, you can figure that out and chew on that. It's what it says. And lastly, uh, I am glad when I suffer for you in my body, for I am participating in the sufferings of Christ that continue for his body, the church. God has given me the responsibility of serving his church by proclaiming his entire message to you. This message was kept secret for centuries and generations past, but now it has been revealed to God's people. For God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret. Here it is. Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing in his glory. Wow. Okay, uh, Lorinda just wrote, the truth of God's being must match the way of God's being. That's, that's kind of, yeah, thank you. I was hoping for, uh, that you would write that. Um, let, let's, let's have our, 
the truth of God in us and it wants out. You know how Christ lives in you and he wants out? We've talked about that. Um, let's start to believe in our mind what this tells us. It tells us we, we have been reconciled. We are one with Christ. We're in Christ. Christ is in all things. And next week we're going to get into it. I, just, I looked at the clock. We're, we're, we're done here. We're already over time. Um, there's a lot of good news to share. So let's pick up with this next week. Colossians. Ooh, no, I'm going to do this one last, this last one. I'll, I'll start next week on this slide, but I'm going to end on this slide today. All right. Listen to this. Colossians 3.11. Where's God in all things? This is powerful. Look this up in your Bible. Look it up online. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters. Listen, he lives in all of us. That's the New Living Translation. The New American Standard Bible says, but Christ is all and in all. The Young's literal translation says, but the all and in all Christ. Message translation says, from now on, everyone is defined by Christ. Everyone is included in Christ. King James Version says, but Christ is all and in all. Now, I, but we just finished reading Colossians 1. Um, Christ is in all creation. He holds all things together. The, a profound picture. We're going to come back to that next week. Let's see if I can uh, flip through to, I'm going to have to stop share screen and uh, get to the final slide because there's way too much stuff. <laughs> All right. I hope that was encouraging. That was a, I can't believe how much stuff I've got still to go and I never got into it. Darn. But I promise you the next couple of weeks, I've got some great news to share with you that I think is going to uh, really encourage you. I think you're going to see, um, uh, see that God is bigger than you thought. He's for you. Uh, he's not against you. He's in you. Absolutely. So final share screen, let's get into this. And now we get into the final reminders. So let's end with this. Um, for those that uh, are supportive, please uh, don't forget to give online. We could really use it. Um, and we're also hoping to book some regularly scheduled Zoom chat groups this week. Stay tuned for that. Um, we're going to figure out the Wednesday morning Goma time and chat, talk with Catherine Toon about that. And then, of course, next Friday is Grounds and Grace. We're going to Zoom, uh, do a Zoom call then. You, the link will be sent out. And, of course, we have our Scattergories Games Night, which will be fun, whatever night that is, and we'll get you the info. So let's, let's have a quick word of prayer, close this out for today. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you for all those who've tuned in. Thank you that you are active in all of us, whether we're aware of your presence or not. Father, for those of us who have a hard time with hearing this or believing this, I pray that you open the eyes of their hearts to see and believe what is true. Continue to teach us as we grow in grace. Father, thank you. Make us teachable. And uh, I'm expecting much more. May we all expect much more good news. All right. Folks, thanks for tuning in today. Thanks for taking time. Uh, thanks for commenting. Um, I'll go through some of your comments a little again a little later. Uh, Kay Fairchild, great to see you online. Um, she's a great teacher. If you get a chance, Judith Dunning from British Columbia, good morning. Uh, it's pretty early where you are. Actually, not too bad. But either way, 
thank you again. And we'll see you again next week. Um, this has gone on to all the Facebook pages and YouTube. So it'll be available later for a rewatch. If I went way too fast on those scriptures, that's it. You guys have a really, really, really great day.